You're listening to the highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Marsha Shiner. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. For autistic individuals, there's really sort of two paths. There are those today, um, about 35% of 18-year-olds with an autism diagnosis who do go on to college or some form of post-secondary education, and then, and then those who don't. Um, of those who don't and want to work, there's about a 55% unemployment rate. For those who go to college and then look for employment afterwards, there's about a 75 to 85% under an unemployment rate. So, so you can see the, the unemployment rates, whether you go to college or not, are, are astronomical, <clears throat> but they're even higher if you go to college, which is sort of counterintuitive. And we can talk about that a little more later. But when I was talking to these agencies and saying, well, it takes two to three years for you to place somebody, it's no wonder that the unemployment rates for these individuals are so high. Um, And oftentimes they're placed and they're still underemployed. So my concept was to take the current system and as I like to say, flip it on its head. And instead of having the individuals be your clients, because we know there are a lot of individuals out there looking for work, the supply is there. Let's go out and create demand with employers. So that's what Integrate does. Integrate works with companies as our clients to advocate with them to hire autistic and neurodivergent talent. And we help them figure out how to do that. We educate and train them to be effective employers of that talent. We go out and we recruit that talent for them and teach them how to do it on their own. So if you look at companies that have started programs that are now, you know, are considered large. So companies like SAP, JP Morgan Chase, Microsoft, um, these companies now have enough traction and a track record to look at the performance of the autistic individuals they've hired. So a company like JP Morgan Chase or EY is another one. Um, all of those companies will have over a 90% retention rate with their autistic staff. And every employer knows turnover costs you money. So there's an economic benefit to hiring talent that stays with your organization. We we look at it, uh, I always refer to the autism community as an affinity group. So employers look at affinity groups across the board when they're selling products. Um, The LGBTQ community is an affinity group. African-Americans are affinity group. Women are an affinity group. And any any group that has a similar characteristic. Well, if you look at the autism statistics um, across the the globe, but certainly in in the United States, about 2% of the US population is on the spectrum. And if you then look at their parents, their siblings, their aunts and uncles, their grandparents. You're talking probably somewhere about 30 to 40 million people with those directly on the spectrum and those with a close personal connection. That's about 10, 10, somewhere between 10 to 15% of the US population. We are an affinity group. We have purchasing power. 
So I live in New York City and I walk out my front door and there are four banks within a one block radius of my apartment. If I need to open a checking account, which is certainly a commodity product, I'm gonna to go to the bank that I know has the biggest autism hiring program. We, we have a, a population of individuals, first of all, that continues to grow. When, when I started Integrate, uh, the incidence rates of autism in the US was one in 110 children. And today it's one in 54. And I suspect that next time the CDC does the numbers, it'll come out to be probably somewhere one in 40-ish. It's one in the 40s. I mean, that is, that is the continuous trend. So th this is something that is not going away and children age into adults. I wonder if the rates in autism with our dependence on technology and as we say that there's certain qualities that those on the spectrum have, I wonder if our use of technology helps on the one hand, but maybe increases a kind of um, some tendencies. I don't know. You know, that, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, and I think from a perspective of the number of individuals who are going to college and are, are in the workforce. And I think technology has definitely had an impact. When you go out to Silicon Valley or Redmond, Washington, uh, where Microsoft is, uh, I, I was once talking to someone who had worked in human resources at Redmond at Microsoft. And, and she said, look, we have a lot of people on the spectrum working for us. They're just not disclosed. They're probably not even diagnosed. I, I think the technology field has provided a lot of opportunity for people who, uh, what I would say, flew under the radar of autism diagnosis and disclosure and has been um, a wonderful place uh, because of the requirements of the jobs. Um, you know, not everybody on the spectrum is a software coder or wants to be a programmer. That is, that's a, a myth that we spend a lot of time um, trying to change with employers, that everybody wants to come in and work in technology. But on the flip side, it, it, you know, a lot of people say, well, are you working with Google? And, you know, on one hand, I said, we'd love to work with Google. But on the other hand, I honestly don't think Google needs us that much. Um, they do have autistic employees. They do have a, a, a group for their neurodivergent employees. They do think about this a lot. But the, the environments that those kinds of organizations have, because of the number of uh, autistic individuals and neurodivergent thinkers that they have, have grown organically within the organizations. Um, a lot of people think of autistic individuals as lacking emotion. Um, I would say most of the autistic individuals that I've met are very empathetic people. They may struggle expressing that empathy in an appropriate fashion. Um, and a lot of times they've had bad experiences, as you say, particularly you know, when they're younger, um, a lot of a lot of autistic individuals are bullied as children um, because they don't know how to interact appropriately in a social environment. Um, so some of them do withdraw. So that it's sort of like they'll they'll hide those emotions 
rather than experience the negative reactions um, when they do express emotions. So um, some of it could be that. Um, so, some individuals, yes, when they're involved in tasks that they're really interested in, they do get that laser-like focus and, and they really are just all consumed with their task. Um, but I, I have found that most, most of the individuals we deal with are really um, highly tuned in um, to, to their emotions and oftentimes other people's emotions. That doesn't mean they necessarily read them appropriately or know how to react to them appropriately. And that oftentimes gets them into trouble. I think one of the increases in the incidence rate is simply the uh, acceptance and understanding and more people who are on the spectrum being diagnosed. I don't think that it's just that there's this explosion of the number of people who are autistic now versus in the past. I mean, I think there, there's multiple factors, but I do think some of it is just a better understanding um, and depending, um, and, and actually throughout the world, less of a stigma so that people are willing to come forward and get diagnosed. It is, it is still not uncommon, and um, we hear it all the time, uh, adults taking a child in to be di diagnosed and one of the parents getting diagnosed at the same time. Do outreach, have autistic individuals involved in the setup of your programs because you're setting them up for autistic individuals. Have that voice involved in the setup of the program because otherwise it is not gonna meet the needs of the candidates that you wanna hire. Um, we do come across autistic teachers. We've, I've come across um, therapists, autistic therapists, who work with autistic individuals. Um, actually, the recruiter we just hired is um, part of his background includes, has been uh, providing counseling for autistic college students. So I, I think it is very important um, to have that voice and for um, the autistic individuals to have those role models. Um, how has the experience of having uh, your son, uh, you know, on the spectrum, you know, how have you grown as an individual? How is, what has he taught you? Um, he has taught me to let go <laughs> and to um, really just take a backseat and let, let him be the adult that he is going to be. Uh, I think having worked with many other individuals has given me a much broader perspective. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, very different being a parent to uh, an individual versus working in a professional capacity, trying to place individuals. Um, but having, you know, when when I was working in financial services, you know, I knew him and I knew his friends, uh, but it was you know, very much a parental focus it, and working uh, at Integrate and doing what I've been doing for the, the past decade has, as he's really become an adult now, has allowed me to take a step back and say, 
okay, I, I don't need to make those decisions. I don't need to control these things for him. Um, he's doing pretty well on his own. And his path may not be the path that I would choose for myself, um, but we are two very different people and that's okay. Well, you know, I have to say, I'm, I'm very encouraged in a certain sense, because when I look at the next generation coming in, I find them to be much more open-minded and much more accepting and interested in diversity and of, in many ways, um, including diversity of thought. So I'm, I'm very encouraged by that aspect in terms of how the next generation will be looking to bring um, an inclusive workforce into, into wherever they are. We hope you've enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you so much for listening.